Welcome to the Family Bible Journey. Did you know that when you subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Facebook and Instagram, that you actually make it easier for other people to find the Family Bible Journey? So please, follow and subscribe. And thank you for listening. This is episode 23, season 1 of the Family Bible Journey New Testament podcast. Today we're looking at Matthew chapter 15. The title of today's podcast is Holy Table Scraps. And our key verses for today are verses 26 to 28, where we read, Jesus answered the woman, It is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. She said, Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat at the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her, O woman, great is your faith. Be it done as you desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. This is the word of the Lord. And so chapter 15 begins with another conversation, another argument between Jesus and the Pharisees. The Pharisees are taking issue with Jesus' disciples because they aren't washing their hands before they eat. And yeah, I know, especially in a post-COVID world, uh, it's really important for us to wash our hands. But the reasons why we would normally wash our hands, hygienic reasons, you know, sanitation, cleanliness, were not the reasons why the Pharisees were insisting on the washing of hands. This was a tradition that had been handed down from their elders, and so they taught this as an important practice of faith, and them, of course, being the arbiters of true faith in Jerusalem and in Israel at the time, at least that's what they thought, they held that it was absolutely necessary if someone was going to be following God that they be practicing these traditions of the elders. But Jesus corrects them by pointing out to us that it is the things that come out of a man's heart, not the things that go into him that defile a person. Jesus Jesus says in verses 10 and 11, Hear and understand, it is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out of the mouth, this defiles a person. You see, evil things, evil thoughts, evil words, evil actions proceed from evil hearts. And every human being has the root of sin and selfishness inside their heart, even the redeemed. And this is a hard thing for us as Christians, and it's something that we must struggle with every day of our lives. Because try as hard as we might, we're never going to be able to extinguish the burning passions of sin that live inside of us. We must resist them. We must work against them. No, we must wage holy war against those things because it is those desires that come from inside of a man, Jesus tells us, that defile him. And we cannot, as human creatures, change our nature. No no more than a stone could change its being a stone and turn itself into a fish. We cannot change our nature, but the Holy Spirit, thanks be to God, does. That is, his special work, to work in our hearts, to change us, that those whose hearts have been warmed by the love of God begin to want and to do what's right. And we hear a little bit about this in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 and 5 and 9 to 10. I'm going to go ahead and turn to those pages and we're going to read those as we think about what it means for evil things to come out of evil hearts and for good things to come out of good hearts. St. Peter wrote, As you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious, you yourselves like living stones are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And then we continue in verses 9 and 10. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. It is that work of the Holy Spirit that 
warms our hearts and our minds towards God and gives us the desire to do what is right, as, as difficult as it may be. And it is that inner work, that hidden work of the Holy Spirit that makes us God's disciples. In this world, it is too easy for us to get caught up in the form and the appearance of things and trade the true substance of what is real in God and his word and and things like his mercy and his love and his grace and turn them for things that appear to be holy and appear to be right. The Pharisees were missing the boat because they were teaching as the doctrines of God, the doctrines of man. And we still to this day must be wary of those who say that they practice rightly while showing contempt or hatred for others. And I think of one of the ways that this manifests itself in our current context is that there are many people who would say that it's not good enough just to be a Christian. That you must be a certain kind of Christian. You got to be the right kind of Christian. And not only the right kind of Christian, but you got to be the right kind of Christian that does things the right sorts of way. And what are the things that Christians divide themselves over in an attempt to prove their true conviction, the genuineness of their faith, which they would say is authentic and of God? Well, the sorts of things that we like to divide ourselves over include the day of worship, you know, Saturday or Sunday. What sort of clothes do you wear? What sort of clothes does your pastor wear on Sunday morning? What sort of songs do you sing? What instruments do you use in worship? Whose name besides Jesus is next to the name of your church on the sign out front? You see, these are the sorts of things that even Christians will like to hold up as evidence that they are of the right tribe, that they are of the right following. And all of these things can be good one way or another. Each of these things could come as an expression of our faith. But if we put our faith in these external things, be it a denominational affiliation or anything else that is something less than Christ, we run the risk of falling into the same trap as the Pharisees. Because there are many things in this world that offer the illusion of faith. But if there is form without substance, then those who are putting your faith in these things are truly on the wrong track. In the chapter 15, it concludes with a story of a woman who demonstrates a commendable faith according to Jesus. This woman, according to many of Jesus' contemporaries, was the wrong sort of woman. She was of the wrong ethnicity. She was of the wrong gender. She couldn't possibly be one of God's chosen and dearly beloved children because she did not fit what they believed to be a true follower of God. But this woman, looked down upon by many, comes to Jesus because she had a daughter who we are told was severely oppressed by a demon. But as she comes asking Jesus for a miracle, Jesus doesn't answer her. And so the disciples begin telling Jesus what to do. And and we know how well this works, don't we, from the earlier chapters. The disciples begin to tell Jesus what he should do. And in response to the woman's cries for mercy and the disciples' cries to get rid of her, Jesus says, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And there are some that would take issue with Jesus at this because they believe that Jesus is talking this woman down. And I do not believe that's the case. Jesus, of course, knowing full well what's coming, is giving this woman an opportunity to demonstrate true faith to those who would like to substitute a shabby or a false faith for the genuine article. And we're told this woman falls on her knees before Jesus saying, Lord, help me. And he says to her, it is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs, to which the woman says, yes, Lord. But even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. And at this expression of great faith, Jesus commends the woman, and she says, O woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And we are told that her daughter was healed 
instantly. I have one of those words of wisdom sections here on chapter 15, verse 27, for those of you who are journaling with us through the Bible, where it says, Crumbs from the Lord's table are better than the feasts of the wicked. Because God's abundance and God's generosity, we could go so far as to say God's poverty, is more than the world's wealth. It is more than the world's riches. Because what God gives his people is eternal. It is imperishing. It is unfading. It cannot be taken away from them. And so Jesus commends this woman, lifts her up, heals her daughter, and goes on his way, leaving us to ponder now the difference between a false faith that is all form and no substance and a true redeeming faith like the faith of this woman who was an outsider and, and didn't deserve the miracle that she was asking for. And we are left to consider who is it that we find our own kindred spirits with? Who from this story is us? But as you think about and reflect on the true content of a saving and a redeeming faith as Jesus illustrates it here in this chapter, I want to encourage you to think about ways in which your own personal faith practice may resemble more the way of the Pharisees, even if that isn't flattering. It's, it's good to know if that's the case. But also, how can we, as God's people, how can you, as someone whose heart has been warmed by the love of God, demonstrate the kind of faith this Canaanite woman possesses that is commendable and worthy of compliment, even by the Lord? And so we're going to continue our walk through the Bible. We're going to continue our journey through the Bible. In this next chapter, we're going to see yet another way that the Pharisees are going to take issue with Jesus and what he teaches is the true practice of godliness. And we're going to receive a wonderful gift that he's going to give the disciples that is still ours to this day because of his great love for us. If you want to get in touch with us, the best way is through the contact form on our website at familybiblejourney.com. We love hearing from our listeners. Our blessing for today. May your hunger and thirst for righteousness be satisfied by the love of God in Christ Jesus. Amen.